the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio on this Saturday, uh, May 22nd, the year 2021. <laughs> oh, man. At any rate, we've got uh, we've got a slam bang show for you today, my friends. We've got some great uh, guests for you. Uh, we've uh, we've got four of them, so I want to jump into the show real quick. Let me tell you real quick, uh, really fast, who they are. Uh, we've got Mr. Tony Pena, who is a citizen uh, who almost became a, uh, a a victim to an illegal alien driver. He's going to tell us his story. Uh, Mr. Mark Mike Miller, Mike Miller. Uh, is a gentleman that has put together a uh, group called Warriors for Ranchers to uh, try to bring attention to the problems that the ranchers are facing. We also have Mr. Barry Blair uh, from Terrell County, another private citizen, and he's going to tell you the harrowing experiences that he has gone through uh, on his property uh, during this uh, uh, border crisis. And finally, we've got uh, Travis, uh, or should I say, Goliad County, Texas uh, County Judge, uh, Mike Bennett. Uh, Mike uh, is one of the outspoken folks uh, who is pushing for uh, some type of state and federal action uh, regarding the border crisis because th- the impact that it's having on his uh, on his uh, county. And again, Goliad County, where uh, where where uh, Judge Bennett uh, resides, is one of those counties that's not 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 very close to. It's not close to the to the border. It's not on the border. Uh, in fact, it's about a uh, uh, hundred miles away from the border. It is uh, smack dab between the border and Houston, Texas, and constant and and consequently, it's become a uh, a thoroughfare for a lot of uh, of human trafficking and drug trafficking as well. So, without further ado, my friends, let's uh, let's go to our first uh, guest. Uh, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. Our show, my friends, brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News, and I thank them for their sponsorship. Uh, Let's go to our first uh, guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer, here in San Antonio. And we've got uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Tony Pena, uh, Tony is a citizen here in uh, in San Antonio, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him because uh, folks don't understand sometimes the impact of illegal immigration. It goes beyond just job competition and a few other things. There is a real problem sometimes in uh, the issue of crime, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of times. Uh, that issue is overlooked or downplayed. Uh, but I wanted to reach out to Tony because he himself had a, a situation, an encounter, let's call it, uh, with an illegal alien. And uh, I want him to tell us, uh, you know, give us the story. Uh, Tony, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, talk you. to us. Tell us Tell us about uh, your, your, give us your, tell us your story. Well, it was, uh, thank you very much for having me here. Uh, it was uh, Christmas 2016. We were visiting the in-laws in Alexandria, Virginia. And so we just got off the plane at Reagan International. And my brother-in-law picked us up from the airport. Probably 15 minutes out of the airport, we are going through the streets of Old Town, Alexandria, when we got T-boned by a drunk driver 
the witnesses were saying was going over 50 miles an hour in a 30. We were traveling and looking at Christmas lights, enjoying the <laughs> enjoying Old Town, Virginia. It's really pretty out there. It's like a if you can imagine a small little Texas town, the old buildings next to each other. Well, he slammed into us and uh, nearly uh, he totaled our car, and the car ran like seventy, probably seventy feet from that intersection spinning. And all three of us ended up in the hospital, and we were lucky to be alive that year. And well, thank thank God we <laughs> there was life that Christmas. You know, when it, it could have been much worse. He hit us, and his car spun into an, a historic building and took off. And uh, they eventually caught him because I think he collapsed from blood loss. And so, um, so like I said before, thank God we were all okay. My brother-in-law and sister, I mean, I'm sorry, my wife and my brother-in-law uh, suffered a lot of brain bleeds. Uh, I had fractured ribs, and somehow, uh, you know, we, we were all lived to tell the tale, and it certainly it was traumatic, uh, you know, and... And I've seen hundreds of accidents, you know, being, uh, you know, what I, what I do. Uh, and so this was an accident where I had no ability to assist, you know, because I was part of the accident. I was a victim. Now, now um, you know, uh, um, two things. First of all, you're originally from, Santa, from, from, from South Texas, correct? That's correct. You know, but here you are <laughs> in Virginia. Uh, in uh, in the shadow of the nation's capital, and you have an encounter with an illegal alien, right? That's so that correct. so that's number one. Number two, uh, whatever happened? I mean, what? Uh, I mean, did he have did he have any insurance? Did he have any? Uh, I mean, uh, what happened with uh, uh, the car? What happened with you know? Uh, I mean, was there any lawsuit or anything? What 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 was the result of that? Right. Well, they. They, they found him. He probably walked about a, probably a half a block before, it. my understanding, he collapsed, of, you know, blood loss. He passed out. They found out he was arrested um, and taken to jail. Now, several weeks later, we get a call from, I guess, the, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the equivalent of a DA in, in Texas, you know, and he called and, and wanted to know if uh, we wanted to seek retribution. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody... And, 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 and I said, well, the only thing I would like to see him do, and I'll pay for it, is I'd like him to wear a jumpsuit and say, for the first time in my life, I'm going to contribute to the United States. The DA went on to say he was a felon, and he was arrested and imprisoned for assault, felony assault, and released in 2013, along with tens of thousands of Obama released, you know, when he did all that in 2013. And uh, I found that really remarkable because, you know, here... <laughs> elections do have their consequences, you know. And uh, the sanctuary city, the guy resided in Alexander, uh, excuse me, uh, Arlington, Virginia, which is a sanctuary city. And so uh, I would have, you know, if, if it was a perfect situation, I, I would have sued that city and, and said, look, you're responsible for the accident, the trauma, and all the surgeries my wife and I had to go through. Uh, but I, I couldn't do that. There was, this guy it was using a vehicle that he wasn't authorized to. He was a stolen vehicle at that. Wow. He was drunk in a stolen vehicle, and witnesses said he passed several red lights when he struck us. And, uh, it, you know, I, like I said, it was, it was all that went through my head. I remember being George Washington uh, University Hospital, sitting there, and, of course, we all have fake names because they don't give you real names because of hit by, I guess. So they gave me a fictitious name. And my wife had a fictitious name. So for almost five hours, I'm in that hospital, wanted to know if my wife's okay. And they couldn't tell me because they don't, they, they have no record of her name, you know? And it, it was just the most traumatic thing. I didn't know what her condition was, my brother-in-law's condition. And it just, but while I was sitting there in bed, I kept thinking, you know what? I've been working for 30 plus years at that time straight. Even before that, maybe as a kid, paying taxes, paying income tax and and contributing to this great beautiful country that we live in my brother-in-law as well and my wife and this guy comes over in 2011 according to the da gets arrested for felony assault gets released in 2013 by obama and his craziness uh strikes us and then supposedly and when i spoke to the da over there (laughs) i asked what's going to happen well he'll be released and deported and and I remember I was pretty upset because, and I asked 
are you sad about that? You almost sound like there, there's a tear in your eye because you're upset that he might be deported. Well, with this new president, I guess he will be deported. I'm like, wow, that seems like a bad thing. I mean, these people are delusional. Um, <laughs> and I always believe they're <laughs> crap. Right? Oh, they my They a big heart, but they're delusional and deceptive. And oh, my gosh. You know? Uh, Tony, here at the end, um, what... I mean, what 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 did you learn from this situation? What what can you share with us that you've learned? Uh, well, li- I, life's lesson. I learned to treasure life and enjoy it with your family. And and really, you know, there was a there was. I am so fortunate. I thank God every day that I was born a United States citizen and born in this country. When I was in the military, I saw the way people lived, including Somalia. <laughs> I've been in places, and, and when I see people on the streets yelling and screaming for things they know nothing of, um, they need to try going on the other side of the world and seeing that, because I know the El Salvador, where this guy came from, would not welcome me. Yep, <laughs> you that's know? right. I'll probably go to jail, you know, if I step in their country illegally, you know. And what I've learned is that we, you know, we take a lot of stuff for granted. And a, a lot of people are so ignorant to what's going on. I'm one of several hundreds of thousands of people who are victims to, uh, and, and luckily we came out alive, but there's a lot of DUIs. A lot of our prisons in the, the state of Texas are full of illegal aliens who committed crimes, manslaughter, whether, I know Ted Cruz got, was talked about 96,000 murders were, were released in 2013. Well, technically some of them were involuntary manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter, and they labeled it a certain way. They're calling him a liar, but technically he was right. And that was 2013, and this guy was felony assault. So he's a bad character, and he nearly killed three people, taxpayers, and he's, I don't think he's contributed uh, <laughs> much at all, and who knows? He's probably back in this country. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Tony, we've been talking with Tony Pena, a good friend of mine here in uh, San Antonio. Thank you very, very much for your story, and um, glad you're you're safe and, and well, baby. <laughs> Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, here in San Antonio. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, Mr. Mike Miller, and he is president uh, of an organization that just came about not too long ago, all related to the uh, problems that we're seeing on the border, the border crisis. Uh, The organization is called Warriors for Ranchers. Uh, Mike is a rancher, and his property is uh, right, uh, gosh, right on the on the line, front line, you might say, uh, of the uh, of the invasion. He is uh, his property is uh, the border patrol uh, station uh, checkpoint is located uh, right um, at his property, and uh, the illegal aliens, in order to get into the United States, into the interior, have got to literally go through. If they're coming from uh, from the Del Rio area, they're going to be have they're going to have to be coming directly through his property. So uh, I wanted to get him on to chat with him about what he is seeing, uh, what his organization is all about, and what he is seeing, uh, what is going on in, in in with regards to uh, the border crisis. Mike, thank you for joining us. T- thank you for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. Tell us what uh, you see. How has this border crisis affected you uh, and your family and your property? Absolutely. First off, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your show. To George, to be in your presence is pretty amazing. You've done great things, and you're doing great things on the radio to keep people informed. So to answer your question, uh, you know, for, for years we've known that the illegals have crossed Texas state borders, and we've never, ever seen it like this. And we're seeing just ginormous norm- numbers. 
start from the beginning when we had uh, the beginning of this was, you know, people hunt hogs here in Texas. So this property that we have is, like you said, it is one of the last properties they have to pass or circumvent to get around that Border Patrol checkpoint. And, of course, the railroad runs through there. So they'll jump those tracks or follow those tracks, and they follow uh, windmills. There's history of them following the windmills to get water, and they have broke many of our troughs. They broke our, our water tanks. We've seen evidence of them coming into our cabin spaces and, and getting to our outdoor fridge and, and breaking our filters to our, refri- our refrigerated lines, and they drink water from that because they're desperately in need of hydration. So we were hunting one evening when this first started, and we saw two flashlights down our fence line, and that's when we knew that something was starting here. We called Border Patrol. Of course, these folks are wearing carpet shoes. They're dressed in solid black. Uh, the guys asked if I was playing a prank on them. I said, no, I was in the blind, and it's like, you know, it was probably midnight that night. We were trying to hunt hogs, and uh, we spotted these guys. Moving forward, we had a group of college students come from the University of Carnet Word. They were doing a project on our ranch. And during this time, we had sat a lady on top of a uh, tripod blind, and uh, she was trying to hunt a pig with night vision and, and try to get a pig. And uh, she asked us if we were shining lights across the ranch. And we were like, no. Two illegal immigrants walked under her, which resulted in four to six you know, uh, sheriff's department vehicles, border patrol special agents. They swarmed the entire place that night. They didn't find them that night. But our guys are smart and they're good, and they set a, a stakeout that next morning they caught them climbing the fence. And so they got those guys that time, and thank you for our Border Patrol agents working so hard to do so. The the next time something had happened was, uh, it was a long day, and I was just simply closing the gate like any rancher would, feed the cattle. We worked from morning up to sundown, and it was about 10.30 at night. I was leaving late, and I just texted my wife to tell her, hey, I'm on my way home. And at that moment, uh, there's a, there's no crossing arms at the railroad where we're at. There's just like this power tower, and I don't know what you call it, but uh, I think it's something like that, and there's a light on the top of it. And I saw these shadows running at me as fast as they could, and I had my door locked, and I was just trying to put my phone away, and one of them had the door handle trying to force their way in, and someone else had like a stick or a bat. I could tell it was something to hurt me to get to my truck, but that person made the mistake of running around my truck. And the reason I called a mistake, had he got in front of my truck, I would probably not have been the guy to try to drive through him at that moment because I don't believe in hurting people, but I know he was desperate to try to get the truck and I needed to get out of there. I put my foot on the gas. I was struggling to find, you know, put it in drive, even though we do it all the time. But in those moments when you're trying to think fast, you forget some of these simple things that you do because your mind's racing. I got through... I called Border Patrol, they came and searched for them. Well, we didn't find them, but one of them had like a two liter bottle of water that was an old Coke bottle. That water was found by our pavilion, like right up by the cabins. Our fridge was broken into that night. They got meat and food, they fed themselves, but they left that water bottle, so I know they went back on to the ranch. Those guys got away. The next next one was uh, just living out there has now become terrifying, you know, but we were trying to run a business out there. And so we had hunting guests that came to visit our property. And uh, we have Uvalde Meat, which is a very reputable uh, meat plant that we do business with, and we love those folks. And so we had taken our our, uh, animal to Uvalde Meat to get processed. At the time, I had some family in the cabin there. And when we had come back, there was a gentleman that was trying to get into the cabin, and my, my family was screaming in there. They were terrified. And keep in mind, this is a hunting property. So we had two loaded 308 weapons uh, on the counter or on the table on our pavilion area where these gentlemen had, uh, they had unloaded them, but they still had rounds in the clip, and they were just sitting there because they felt safe to leave them out. But this gentleman could have slaughtered my family. So, of course, I was very angry and upset, but I know with the way things are in our world today, I would have been used as an example if I attacked the guy. Wasn't sure what his mindset was because there was a, a barrier between the two of us, and I did feel threatened by him. So I got him to calm down. I could tell he wanted water. I asked him agua because I don't speak Spanish, and uh, he said, si. So I got him some water. I noticed that his arm was bleeding because they're running through all this mesquite, and they're cutting themselves up, climbing wires and whatever they're doing. He was pretty beat up with his arms, and he looked like he was bleeding. So I sat him down, and I asked him if he was hungry, eat. And he said, yes. And he said, electrical. He wanted to charge his phone. At that moment, his phone flashed, and there was a map on it. And that's where his pickup was, his coyote was. And so I'd taken a picture of that phone, and when the Border Patrol agent showed up, of course they arrested him. And I was able to tell him that uh, this guy's traveling to this point. So they crossed my property, and they're following the Nueces River to Highway 90. And when they get to Highway 
Highway 90, the coyote was there waiting to pick him up. Well, they caught six more guys there that night. So it wasn't just him. There were six more people he was leading. So in the moments uh, before before I sat him down, I do want you to know I got his permission to search him. Of course, with guests on the property and my family scared, we want to make sure he wasn't armed. I told him, arms up. He raised his arm. I said, okay. He's like, yes. I patted him down. He just had an electrical cord in his pocket, a cell phone, and... Uh, uh, you could tell he was nervous, and we didn't do anything to threaten him. But before he left, I want you to know that the uh, the agent translated for me. And I said this. I said, can you tell him that he came across our borders illegally, uh, he's trespassing the property, and he intimidated our family doing so, and our guest, and uh, this isn't how you do things here. And so they translated that, and he said, well, I'm sorry, this will never happen again, and blah, 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 blah. And I said, just do it right the next time, and this won't happen. I said, America's a great place, but don't break into our country like this. So that was intimidating. Therefore, the owner of the property put the property up for sale, and everybody around us is selling because of this. So there's another incident. This is the one where my life was nearly taken. Along the railroad, there's drainage ditches underneath. And there was a time frame that my brother had come down, and we have seen illegals hiding under those grading ditches. There, when the time my brother came down, they came to the fence and they were asking for water. And all we had was like a pop can that we'd open up and drink from. And it was so super hot. We didn't want to share that with this guy. Uh, we'd have rather given him a fresh water if we were going to do so. But we definitely called Border Patrol and they came and they caught that guy. And that weekend, they caught 60 more people. This is unheard of. Wow. We don't see We don't see this kind of traffic coming through our property. So the point where they try to get my get me... I had cotton seed and hay in the back of my six-seater Polaris. And as you know, those things go pretty fast. So when I'm driving the fence line to get from point A to point B, when it gets hot, I try to do things earlier in the morning so it's, it's not so uh, hot or I do it later in the evening. And this was definitely in the evening time. Sun was starting to come down. And so that drainage ditch, I didn't know somebody was sitting in it. They shot three rounds at me, and it sounded like a burst. It was like <clears throat> real quick. But because they were in the drainage ditch, that's like popping a firework inside of a hollow space. It's super loud. And so scared the heck out of me. So the six-seater has where I sit in the front and then the open seats in the back, and we took the mesh doors off. So I searched that thing looking for a bullet hole so I'd have evidence they took a shot at me. I had called Border Patrol that night, and they'd, they'd searched the whole place, and they didn't they didn't catch those guys at that time. But they did catch the guys that my brother and I saw along with 58 other people. So being shot at in a, on your own property having them try to break into your cabins, having them try to hijack your truck, and um, it's not it's not a safe place. We created this hunting property for families to be able to share memories. But I do have one more. Our trail cams are now riddled with more people than animals. And you'll hear this from a lot of ranchers, more people. Now we're starting to see trail cam photos with armed individuals. We've seen trail cam photos with ladies with their arms behind their back. So this one instance, we had a husband and a daughter who came to visit that was hunting pigs. And that morning we made a last minute decision to put them on the west side of our property. That morning at 9 a.m., an armed and dangerous uh, criminal that had taken shots at one of our agents in Brackettville made his way all the way to our property. He crossed the camera around 9.05, 15 minutes later, they were staked out and they caught that son of a gun climbing our uh, southeast side of the fence. He shot three rounds trying to murder one of our Border Patrol agents to get away. So folks, these, these people, they're not just your typical Mexican folks that want to cross our border. From my understanding, there's 67 countries represented in those people crossing our borders, and it's not safe. We need to, uh, you know, I hate to do this, but we need to to, uh, to close here. Mike, what else, um, anything else that you'd like to, to uh, share with folks before we go? Uh, all of those stories are, are, are really hair-raising. Hair uh, what can we do here at the close? Can you tell us how can we uh, support you? How can we support... Uh, what, what what can we do to help? You guys can follow Warriors for Ranchers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if the folks feel led to donate to help our organization to help farmers and ranchers, they can visit us at Venmo at Warriors for Ranchers. And they can also go to the warriorsforranchers.com, hit the donate button. You We're got doing what we can to help each farmer and rancher, one farm, one ranch at a time. To, to repair, repair the damage that are being caused. But I am fighting for crisis relief at the state level, and we are pushing to get it at the national level. And I do want to say I have forms on my page at Warriors for Ranchers. If you've had damages to your ranch, 
We are taking uh, a full accountability of all the uh, branches that have been affected. We're going all the way back to January of 2020. This is coming from the governor's office. You sign this form. You put the damages. If you had to fix it yourself, your fence, and it took you five hours, it's at a rate of $25 an hour. You didn't deserve this. This is what they're doing their survey as. They're going to take all this documentation, and they're looking for how much did this affect the whole southern state of Texas, the state of Texas. And it has to be stuff that's been done by the undocumented illegal aliens who's caused these damages. Yeah. Whether your vehicle was stolen, you had to repair it, those things. Yeah. Fill out the form, email it to warriorsforranchers at gmail, and I will get it in the right hands. And that's going to be, you and I will be speaking together at the border crisis meeting. And so if those folks want to meet us there and sign those forms, they can do it there, George. You got it. Buddy, thank you so much for for what you're doing. I know that uh, it's perilous, and uh, please, please, please be safe. Uh, our, uh, our, Our sympathies, but our support and prayers are with you, buddy. Thank you very much. God bless you for what you do, George, and I am now going to always be a fan of your station. (laughs) Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and we've been talking with uh, our our good friend Mike uh, Miller with the Warriors for Ranchers. Ranchers. Thanks, Mike. You bet, buddy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, welcome to uh, the show. We've got a new guest uh, with us, another one of these uh, ranchers or property owners near the border uh, who is being affected by this uh terrible border crisis that we've got, terrible border crisis that the Democrats continue to be in denial of. And uh, let me introduce y'all to uh, Mr. Barry Blair, who is a resident of Terrell County, Texas. Uh, Barry, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us, how have you been affected? What? Uh, what uh, well, first of all, tell us, how far are you how far is your property from the border, and uh, how are you being affected by the border crisis? All right, we're about 17 miles as a crow flies from the border, and uh, we're just being completely overran on a nightly basis. You don't get no sleep. Uh, the dogs are constantly baying these people off our property. Uh, I've had three dogs killed, one horse killed. I've been put in the hospital, and uh, there's no end in sight. It seems that every month just gets exponentially more worse than the month before. And we don't have the resources down here. I mean, the town I live in, Dryden, has a population of eight. And... uh, the county only has a population of 800, and so we just don't have the resources to even slow it down, much less stop it, and we need help. Now, uh, let me ask you, uh, how long have you lived uh, in, in, in Terrell County? I've been at this place right here for 10 years. Okay. And, and until uh, about May of last year, the nine years prior to that, I might have seen four or five illegals over the whole span of living here. And then now we're having groups of 25, 30, and 40 come through. So as far as you're concerned, things have gotten worse, huh? Yes, sir. And, I mean, what happened last month, this month's going to be worse. And that's how it's been going. I mean, it just keeps getting worse and worse and more and more. And they're destroying people's cabins, people's houses. They've burnt several houses down. And, uh, I mean, I see a lot more than most people because, I mean, my job entails that I go to ranches all along the river. And there's seven different roads that I have to use to get to the river. And I encounter groups walking up these roads. Uh, it's. Do you think? Uh, I mean, is there 
uh, what are some of the incidences that have happened to you or to folks around you? I mean, can you tell us a couple of incidents, instances? I mean, you told us about your your horse being killed and your dogs being killed. That's outrage. I mean, that I, I can't imagine such a thing. But uh, what I mean, have there other been other instances or incidents? Oh yeah, there's uh, been people out working their fence and Mr. Uh, one of my friends that lives there in Dryden, he was working on his fence and a group of illegals, basically him and those were in a foot race trying to get to the truck to see who could get to his truck first and he wound up having to pull a gun to stop them. And then, you know, Border Patrol finally come and arrested these guys. But, I mean, you can't even go out to feed your cattle without a gun on your side. You can't go from your house to your barn without a gun on your side and two dogs with you. Because wow. you never know after dark what you're going to run into. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, and the dogs, your your livestock, your, your horse and your dogs that were killed... What was that all about? I mean, what, what what happened there? Well, there's a draw that runs along below on the south side of our property, and they've been using that pretty heavily. We've collected over 40 backpacks out of that draw in the past month. But my dogs will go down in there and push them out, keep them off of us. Well, they have decided to start killing the dogs. I've had one kill. You could tell he was killed with a machete. I've had one stabbed and one bludgeon to death. And then the horse, I was on the horse rounding up cattle, and we tripped a trap called an M38 that they set out for dogs and coyotes, and one of the horses tripped it, and it poisoned me and the horse. The horse died, and I wound up in the hospital. Wow. And that was an organic phosphate compound that was in that trap. And, yeah, it's pretty pretty quick oh, now um, the uh, you talk about um, the population of uh, of, of uh, Terrell County um, Sanderson the little community of Sanderson is, is, is the uh, uh, the county seat how many deputies or how many sh- sheriff I mean how, how 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 big is the law enforcement in your area well very small but then again, like I say, we're small. We have uh, the sheriff, the chief deputy, and then two regular deputies. And that's our complete you know, law enforcement for our county, which is 1.5 million acres in size. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, that is so, so a call for assistance is going to take some time to, to uh, get responded to. Amazing. Yeah. How about your wife? I mean, how, how, how has she weathered all of this? Well, she's a retired sheriff's deputy, so she handles it pretty good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. And, uh, but no, if, if we put in a call to the sheriff's department, it takes them at least an hour to get to my house because I'm 30 minutes off paved road. You know, so whenever something happens out here where we live at, you know, we're in dire straits. Same thing with the Border Patrol, you know. Even if they're sitting at the end of the dirt road we live on, still 30 minutes to get to our house. Wow. And, you know, and when you have a group of 15, 20, or 30 come up on you, you know, you, you hope they ain't armed, but yet we have some photographs taken off of game cameras of illegals carrying rifles. Really? So, yes, sir. And wow. that ups Annie. That really does. I mean... Now that's something new. I mean, uh, you know, my, my grandparents, my, my my parents, my grandparents. I I was born in Laredo. I mean, we've always had complaints about uh, about illegal aliens coming and taking jobs and and uh, you know committing crime and everything. But this issue of uh, these folks coming in and carrying guns uh, and coming in in the volume that they're coming in, as well as coming in from different community from different countries all over the world. I mean, it's a uh, it's a complete different ball game. Well, yes, sir. I mean, I myself, I have held since the first of the year. I've held nine of them that I have actually captured on my property. You know, waiting for the border patrol or the sheriff's department to get there. And 
Some of them are from Ecuador, Honduras, Guatemala, you know. And then some people that's over in Cedar Station called a woman who was from Bangladesh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Now, I haven't encountered any women where I'm at. Mostly just, you know, males between 17 and maybe late 40s. But I have yet to encounter a woman or a family group that we're being force-fed that that's what this is all about. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it happens, but I have not seen it. Uh, let me let let me uh, ask you this before we uh, we go because we're getting close to the end here. Um, given the situation that you've got, I mean, uh, first of all, can you say that it's gotten worse uh, since January since uh, Biden took over? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Very much so. So, what would you suggest? I mean, if you had politicians in front of you right now, what would you tell them needs to happen? Well, they're going to have to put people on the border and stop it at the river, not let them get into the 100,000-acre tracts of land and then try to catch them because, you know, you're just not going to do it. You've got to catch them at the source, and that is the border itself. Wow. And, uh, I, and again, the, because the border, I mean, you're close to the Big Bend country where it's wide open spaces. I mean... So uh, finding people uh, or, or trying to catch them in a wide uh, open space like that with a limited n- number of, of law enforcement, uh, it's going to be difficult, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Mm. I mean, we've actually found uh, illegal bodies ah. while we've been ripping up cattle. Really? They've got out there and they have just died from lack of resources. These people that are from Central America don't even know how to begin to survive in this type of environment. Yeah, it's a desert area, that's for sure. Yes, sir. My goodness. Now, uh, that uh, the cold snap we had back in, uh, in February, the deep freeze that hit us, uh, do you think that affected a lot, any folks that were trying to cross? Yes, sir. I, I, our sheriff actually said that they have retrieved six bodies that were directly attributed to that freeze. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And then, like I say, we're fixed to really start getting busy rounding up cattle, so we will start finding more, I'm sure. Now, when, you, when, you, when you're rounding up cattle, I guess you've got uh, uh, ranch hands to help you with that. Um, I mean, uh, are you going to be armed uh, to protect yourselves, I guess? At all times. Yep. At all times, sir. Gosh. Because we're even in more remote areas than what we live in. We're right down on the river rounding up the cattle. And, yeah, we're always armed down there. Gotcha. Never have been in the past, but now you have to be. Gotcha. Barry, thank you very, very much. Anything else you'd like to add to our, uh, to, and let the folks know before we go? If you come into this part of the country, beware, because these people are desperate, and desperate people are just out to do anything to get their way, so be careful. You got it. Thank you very much, Barry, for taking time to be with us. Folks, we've been talking with Mr. Uh, Barry Blair, who is a uh, rancher property owner in Terrell County, Texas, way out in the West West Texas uh, area. And uh, he is uh, what he is experiencing, my friends, is coming to our neighborhood sooner or later. It's it's sooner or later if it's already not already in your backyard. Thanks a lot, Barry. Stay safe, and our prayers are with you. Thank you, sir. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 9:30 AM radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. 
Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, uh, a gentleman uh, who is experiencing, like all of our guests have been talking about, uh, problems in his backyard regarding the uh, border crisis. Now, this is uh, County Judge Mike Bennett, and a county judge in Texas, for those of you that listen to us that are not in Texas, a county judge is the county executive uh, for the county. Uh, judge uh, Bennett is uh, the county judge over Goliad County, uh, which is, uh, well, he'll tell us, it's located about uh, about 100 miles, I believe, from uh, from the border. And uh, But he's experiencing some things. So, uh, Judge Bennett, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Uh, tell us what is going on in your back and your in your county that you are so uh, interested and involved now with uh, with this issue of uh, of the border crisis. Well, we've been, we're experiencing a uh, pretty significant uptick in the amount of bailouts and the illegals coming through our county. Uh, it results in high-speed chases. Uh, we found uh, bodies laid in ditches. We've uh, we found stash areas all through our county. We're primarily a rural county. Only 7,600 people in the entire county, so we're we're primarily a ranching community, and we are uh, finding stash locations where these. The coyotes bring uh, illegals up through uh, across the border and up to our county. They drop them off and they change uh, transport vehicles at that point. We believe that there's probably uh, the coyotes come down from Houston, pick up the ones that have been stashed, and take them on to the metropolitan areas. Right. So, so you're located roughly between the border and Houston, almost halfway between the two, right. correct? About 25 miles south and west of Victoria, Texas, in the coastal bend area. Gotcha. And um, and and uh, the car chases. I mean, this is something. This is something again that um, uh, I was uh, uh, victim to uh, a few weeks ago. I was coming back from uh, from uh, Del Rio. And all of a sudden, there was a car chase, and I got literally run off the road. So, I mean, I've seen those personally. Uh, have you had any kind of accidents or anything uh, of the nature uh, as a result of those chases? We haven't had any accidents that I'm aware of involving uh, innocent citizens. However, the, during these chases, these, uh, these illegals and the coyotes driving... They are, they're running through high-game high fences and fenced properties, allowing livestock to get out on our highways and creating a potential for uh, more problems. Wow. Uh, explain to the folks what a bailout is, because I, I, I don't think that some folks understand or, or know what that term means. Well, the, the vehicles that are being driven by the coyotes are... 99% of the time they're stolen vehicles. So when a, when a police officer turns around on them and uh, tries to initiate a stop, they, they don't. They always run. They're, because they're in a stolen vehicle, they, they light out through fenced properties, driving right through the, the high game fences and the, and the five strand barbed wire fences. They don't care about the, what they do to the vehicle. And as a result, there's lots of opportunity for people to get hurt during those chases. Uh, they, they get to a point where they think they can jump out of the car and run in, in different directions. And there may be 10 people in a vehicle. There may be 18 in a vehicle, six in a vehicle. And they run in different directions, and then it's up to law enforcement to try to catch them and round them up. 
places our citizens in uh, what we consider to be danger because you have illegal aliens running through these properties and at that at that point they they're desperate in some some situations and there's potential for violence wow uh what uh, what do you your constituents uh the residents of uh of goliad county what are they telling you i mean what uh what, what are, are they saying regarding this whole situation? Well, as I mentioned, we we have uh, roughly 7,600 people. About three weeks ago, four weeks ago maybe, uh, the sheriff called a meeting for landowners on the north end of the county. It was more of an informational uh, meeting where he could explain to them what to watch for and what was going on in our county. We expected... 30 or so ranchers to show up. Uh, best estimate is between 450 and 500 people showed up. Wow. A combination of scared, mad, not knowing, uh, wanting answers, expecting the government to do its job and protect them. Wow. Uh, that That's... That that's kind of a, a resounding interest <laughs> that, that you would say, right? I mean, uh, there was a hundred percent buy-in from the people in, at those at that meeting, that particular meeting. They're 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 wanting to know what they can do, and uh, it's uh, it's just a new situation for Goliath. There's always been uh, groups of one and two that kind of pass through on the way to to look for work in the urban areas. This is a this is a completely different situation. We have people being trafficked for sex. We have uh, they're more or less indentured servants. They're they're being brought to these urban areas, and then they have to work off the debt that they owe, and that can take one year, five years, depending on the, the circumstance. Now, uh, have you heard anything from from the federal uh, level? Uh, from uh, the Homeland Security folks or, uh, you know, about trying to help you or providing you resources or anything? We have received no resources from the federal government, and uh, we're not seeing much from the state. The state has deployed uh, their resources down on the border, as I'm sure you're aware. And once they break through that uh, that initial uh, surge of police officers stationed on the border, then it's uh, it's wide open. Yeah. Coming north towards Houston. Right. Yep. Yep. That's true. That's true. Uh, here at the end, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, you're you're telling us a, a very you're you're painting a very very dangerous picture. Uh, of something that's happening in your community, what do you think? I mean, if you had a magic wand, what do you think needs to happen, or should be done? Well, uh, I would I would tell you that this this problem is it's like a funnel. The small end of the funnel is at the border, and the the funnel obviously gets larger as it moves towards Nebraska, North Dakota. You know, and by the time it gets to the the Canadian border, you can't cover that end of the funnel. The the problem has to be addressed at the border. And we as a county are unable to do that. And the counties that are on the border, they don't have the resources. These are rural counties, a lot of them. They may have two or three deputies on duty at any given time. And when there is a a bailout or a chase or or they're picking up a group of of, of, uh, of illegals, then it it just takes all the resources away from them for normal activities that the police conduct. So it's uh we have to stop it at the border because that's where the problem is. All we're seeing in Goliad County and places farther north are the symptoms. Yep. The real issue is on the border, and that's up to the federal government. When Texas joined on to be a part of the United States, the federal government gave us their word, signed a piece of paper, saying that they would protect our borders, and they're not doing that. 
they're just not holding up their end of the stick. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, do you plan to have any uh, meetings or rallies in your in your community? Meetings with other uh, county judges or uh, communities that are experiencing the similar situation. The sheriff is uh, part of a coalition of sheriffs in the in the Coastal Bend area that is trying to. Uh, we're trying to coordinate the efforts so that we'll all be pulling in the same direction. And it's a, it's an intelligence uh, sharing apparatus as well. As far as uh, us having rallies in Goliad County, I don't foresee any of that, that taking place. We're, we're trying to get behind our sheriff and give him the support he needs, but we just don't have the resources yep. to do that. We, we're just not equipped for it. We have two deputies on duty at any given time. Wow. And so how, Obviously, how, we can use up all of our redundancy quickly. Yeah. And how large is your is your, uh, is your your county again? 7,600 people. Wow. And it's a rural, it's a rural community. Wow. It's, so, it's Judge, a, thank you. We have, we have two stoplights in the entire county. <laughs> Judge, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. We uh, we wish you the best, and we certainly uh, will do our part to uh, publicize uh, the needs that you guys have because well, it's it's got to be addressed. I mean, what's happening in in Goliad County is going to be happening in San Antonio and eventually in in uh, Dallas or Kansas City. So absolutely, absolutely. So, well, thanks for the opportunity, sir. We appreciate you. it. Take care. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News.